is Brenda with Midlife Single. I am co-founder and today I have Michelle Fraley with Spark Matchmaking. She has a background in clinical psychology and she's a relationship coach and a professional matchmaker. Hi Michelle, how are you today? I am doing really well. Well, well as we can be expected in the quarantine, but um, I'm hanging in there. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. And hopefully we're coming to a <laughs> close with all this as much as we can anyway. <laughs> get our lives back to normal. <laughs> for sure. This has definitely been a trying time for a lot of people, but also for a lot of people, I'm hearing a good time to work on a little bit of um, personal development and personal growth. Yes, definitely. And so this week, we had a panel discussion with several people about can you fall in love or can you find love even after heartbreak? And so that was our topic of the week. And today we invited you to be on to kind of talk about that and maybe give us some tips to navigate through what can be a difficult time after a heartbreak and trying to find love again. Oh, uh, you know, heartbreak is, it's universal. Mm -hmm. Just like this COVID crisis is global, heartbreak is global. And, you know, there's 7.6 billion people in the world and a good percentage of those people have had heartbreak. But that number also means that there's a good percentage out there for people to choose from after heartbreak. Right. Which so, gives us hope. <laughs> yes. A lot of hope. A lot of hope. Yeah. So what, what are some of the tips that you, or advice you would give to someone who maybe went through a really hard divorce or really bad breakup. And um, you know what I see in the midlife set base is a lot of um, people are very jaded and very hesitant to allow themselves to experience love again because they were so hurt before. So what advice do you give to us that have gone through that? Sure. Well, um, I've done my share of uh, research on this topic over the years, you know, both personally, both uh, professionally, and um, also just making sure I get some good resources for you to, fi to find some tips. So the first main thing, give yourself time to grieve and heal. Don't try to rush. Right. Really take the time to allow those emotions to surface. You know, so this is where um, it's easier said than done, but I would tell people who are experiencing heartbreak, try not to stuff the emotions with over drinking alcohol, um, overeating, or getting back out there too soon. You know, there's sort of that idea that the best way to get over somebody is to get under somebody. Mm -hmm. And I would say that's not true. You know, going out and having just a lot of sex to avoid your emotions is not a way to deal with them. Heartbreak is definitely an example of in order to get over it, you must get through it. I, I totally agree with you with that on that because I found, you know, right after my divorce that I, I, I don't know if I'm saying this right, but I feel like there was a need to validate myself, you know, because when you're in a relationship with someone for such a long time and you get out there, it's like, am I attractive to other people? Will I find love again? And there's this rush to like, feel like you, you like need to be in some sort of a relationship right after you're done with that. And, and I kind of experienced that myself. And now looking back on it, 
Um, and, and, and I've given myself plenty of time, I think, now to kind of navigate through it, which I needed. I mean, when you're married to someone for 20 some years, it's, it's a long time and you need that time to kind of navigate. So I totally agree. I totally agree with that because that was one of the things that you just want to get out there, like you said, and <laughs> party it up. Right. And, and, um, and that's why COVID for me has kind of been a good thing. Cause I've kind of sat back and just, just have been staying home now and just kind of finding another part of me, you know, which is, which is great. So that's been good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the next tip I have is make sure that you have a support system. If you don't have a support system, now is the time to start think about creating, manifesting a support system. Um, it's going to be really important in, in the time of heartbreak that you have somebody who's non-judgmental, who you can go to, to share how you're feeling. Friends, family members, <clears throat> excuse me, coworkers, you know, people that you're very close to who you don't think will judge you, but also who will kind of keep you in line if you're tempted mm -hmm. to contact the person or reach out to your ex or just sort of fall into old patterns. So kind of an accountability squad. Yeah, that, I, that was one of the things that really helped me get through everything was just, I found people who have been single for a while and have had those experiences and had really great family support. So, so yeah, all of those things really helped me. I don't know what I, I honestly, I would have been a ball in the corner, you know, trying to navigate through that. But, but having a really good support system was one of the things that really helped me get through my scenario. So yeah, I, I, yeah it does. It's very helpful. Super important. Yep. Um, you know, and adding on to the support system, you know, reaching out to a professional therapist, counselor, support groups, or a life coach can also be really important in, in your support system. And that person doesn't have to remain a constant forever, but if you're in an initial stage of a heartbreak or you're having trouble getting over it, even with time and resources, you might want to, you know, add just add a heavy duty member to your support system, at least for a little while. Yeah, you know, I, I think sometimes we're so immersed in our situations and we just can't take a step back and look at it for what it is because everything's just so tumultuous and so crazy at the time. And we just can't view it, you know, from another perspective. And it's really good to have a professional perspective kind of looking in at the situation and guiding you through it. Sure, sure. And especially a, a professional that may give you some tools, you mm -hmm. know, that you can actually start implementing. Right, um, right. The next tip is to really sit back and recognize that no relationship was wasted time. You know, every relationship we have, whether we want to put it in a, a successful category or a failed category, taught us lessons. Yes. I, I totally agree with you on that. That's, there's one motto I have, and that's that every person you learn from, every person you meet, you will learn something from. It may be good, it may be bad, but you will learn something from them that you take on to your next experience with someone. And so I totally agree with you on that. It's, it's, it's important to kind of have that mindset <laughs> when you get into the dating scene. I, I, I take a look at everybody I meet and I'm like, I'm going to learn something from you. I can tell. <laughs> you well, that was, one, that was one thing I took away from the Zoom panel was uh, 
you know, there was a little bit of discussion on recreating patterns and why do I see myself still kind of going for these same type of relationships. And that's why these lessons are helpful if we actually sit back and look at them and examine them. And we can maybe see some patterns in the people we choose as well as in ourselves. I agree with you on that. I have found that to be true. Like I've, I've looked at some of the situations I've been in and, and taken a look back and it's like, there's a reason why I'm attracted to this type of a person. And I kind of have to think about that. <laughs> and, and okay, maybe I'm not, I'm not ready for this. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's yeah. thing. So, yeah, exactly. Um, the next tip is you're really going to have to learn to let go. And what I mean by this is it's so easy in the middle of a heartbreak to start romanticizing the relationship or romanticizing our partner. And I'm here to tell everybody the relationship was not perfect because none are. The partner you were with was not perfect because nobody is. So we have to let that go and start being more realistic and mm -hmm. our thoughts about the past partner and relationship because moving forward we don't want to compare every new person with this unrealistic standard that wasn't true right how do you how do you do that because i know that can be really hard for people to do like what what steps do you recommend in order to kind of curb those feelings well I think the biggest concept here is forgiveness. Mm -hmm. Forgiveness without forgetting. So it's okay as we move forward um, from a, a relationship that we'd consider failed to forgive not just your partner if that you feel they've wronged you, but forgive yourself mm -hmm. um, in terms of if, if things happen in the relationship that you're blaming yourself for. Forgiving yourself, letting go of guilt, letting go of bitterness and anger, those are all ways that we can start thinking about the past relationship and our partner and ourselves more rationally right. moving forward. Right. So it's, yeah, that whole concept of letting go, mm -hmm. really letting go of guilt, bitterness, anger, resentment. And when we let that go, we can start to feel some forgiveness. And again, you don't have to forget as you move forward. It's good to still have the pattern right. information, but we don't need to hold on to all of that. And we don't need to hold on again to the unrealistic feelings either. Do you such, I know that um, for a lot of people with social media, um, it's so tempting for us to still keep that connection through social media with these people that we have these experiences with, do you recommend that we just cut them off, cut them, you know, kind of cut them out of our lives so that they're not in front of us all the time and we're not seeing that they're with, you know, so-and-so or doing this or doing that and it's, you know, affecting us. Because I see that a lot with, you know, different friends and things like that. It, 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 it's, we have a tendency to still want to keep that person here, you know, <laughs> and, and keep an eye on them, so to speak. <laughs> it's interesting you bring that up. I actually contributed to an article just a few months ago about do you keep an ex's like past voicemails or do you right. delete them? Do you keep past, um, you know, DMs or anything like that? And I would say there's not a one size fits all to this. I would say what's the ultimate goal? Why, why are you holding on? Is there a, a potential for reconciliation? 
because sometimes that happens. If there is, are there, are there good open lines of communication? Are you still in contact with this person? Because some relationships break up, um, but people are still business partners or share children or share pets and there needs to be some sort of communication. Right. On the other hand, if you're in a relationship that it was a clear break, um, basically one person has said to the other, I'd rather not have any contact. At that point, I would, I would recommend I would recommend deleting the, the contact on social media or otherwise. Yeah, I just think, I feel like we end up hurting ourselves by Facebook stalking them and that sort of thing. I mean, it's, 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 we're hurting ourselves in the end, right? I mean, yeah, it's yeah. a form of, it's definitely a form of self-sabotage. It's mm -hmm. not, it's, it's keeping you stuck. Right. Rather than allowing you to move forward. So, you know, if the ultimate goal or I wouldn't even want to say goal, if the ultimate reality is that there isn't going to be a reconciliation and you're really only making yourself feel worse, I would definitely recommend just pulling the plug. Did you hear that, people? Delete, delete, <laughs> block. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> That's absolutely. why those things are there, right? <laughs> yeah. Believe me, your ex will know how to find you, you know, if if by some chance they want to reach out to you and maybe they do and you don't want to hear it, you know, maybe you block them. Right. But either way, I think if it's holding you back from moving forward or making you feel bad about where you're at, no, no need right. to look at it. Keep moving. I, I totally agree. <laughs> yeah. Next tip. Um, my next tip, and it's interesting because you already brought this up about kind of spending a little bit of time with you during the quarantine. And my next thing is quarantine or not, after a breakup is the perfect time to allow you to do you. And right. what I mean by that is really, this is a perfect time to go on a deep exploration of who you are, what you value, what matters most to you, what are your goals, short-term and long-term. And eventually when you're ready to get into a new relationship, getting into one with a clear understanding of who you are and what you want. I think that's, you know, you know, coming from, I, I married my high school sweetheart. So I was with him since I was like 17 years old. And I think that that is very true because I think that, you know, when you, when you go through that and you're with someone for 20, 30, 40 years or whatever, you, you do everything as a couple and it, every, your ideas are shared and everything's shared, which is a great thing. There's nothing wrong with that. But when you have to step out on your own, you find yourself trying to figure out who you are and what you like and what you're willing to put up with and, and what you're attracted to. I mean, it's just like, a, you're right. It's a whole new way of learning yourself. And um, for me, that's been, that's been a journey. And every day I learn something new about myself, which is great. Um, I really love it when I have those little wins. It's like, you know, this is, I have experiences with people or whatever, where in the past I would have never said something or expressed something and just kind of held it in or, you know, that sort of thing. And now, now I, you know, I'm able to express something or say something or, and not in a mean way, of course, but just sure. That's sure. how I feel, you know, and, and I think that's good. And, and I, and whenever I do that, I'm like, yes. <laughs> no, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Because here's the thing, once we 
start really developing that self-confidence and self-respect, we're going to attract people who recognize our value. Right. And right. agree with it. Right. And you kind of have to know what it is for you before someone else, yeah, is attracted to it, I think. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. that big tip, big tip. Is yeah, that is a great time, one. Yeah. Take time just to do you, for you. Right. And it's, yeah. it's great learning about yourself and learning new things and kind of just taking time to be solo. <laughs> well, and especially like, you know, we're talking about midlife. So think of everything that's happened. We've probably been through maybe a career or five, you yes. know, um, maybe a marriage or more than one marriage, children. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we've had friends come and go in our life. Maybe we've relocated. There's been a lot of changes we've gone through. And, you know, I have clients come to me single or not single, um, especially in their 40s, who really are not sure of who they are at their core because right. they've been a maybe they've been a wife, a mother, a father, um, a son or a daughter, an employee, an entrepreneur. They've been all of these things and they've worn those labels, right. but they don't actually know who they are from the inside out. Right. Right. And that's a hard, it's a hard thing to discover. It's not easy. Yeah. yeah. So it's a beautiful and scary journey, but it's worth it. It's, to it's totally worth it. Like I said, every day I find something new about myself that I couldn't accomplish. I remember when I first um, was divorced that next summer, I, I wanted to go see Duran Duran in concert. And um, at the time, I didn't, there wasn't, like my friends couldn't go or whatever. So I, I decided to go by myself. I'm like, I want to see Duran Duran in Vegas. I'm going. <laughs> and so I took the journey. I took my girls with me. Um, they took them. I dropped them off, you know, somewhere. And I attended that concert by myself. And I had the best time ever. But it was something I would have never had imagined I would have been able to do by myself. Because I always had felt like you have to be with other people to have fun and all this other thing. But um, so that was my first solo experience like that. And, and now it's been a journey of those experiences for me. And just doing things by myself and finding that inner peace. and being okay yeah. with being, being alone and it's okay. <laughs> well, you hit, I mean, you kind of hit the nail on the head of what you learned there is one of the most important things to ever learn is that your happiness and joy doesn't depend on other people. Right. Other people can contribute to it, but it shouldn't be your baseline. Your baseline should come from within. Right. And I think we forget yeah. that because it's so, so easy for us to put that on other people, to put that you're going to make me happy, you know, and it's just easy for us to do that. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, next tip I have, it kind of goes along with that, but it's about improving yourself and stepping out of your comfort zone by maybe trying something new. You know, if you've been in a relationship, maybe you've always sort of lived in this bubble, uh, you know, we always just did the same hobbies or hobbies together as a couple. I'm saying step out of your comfort zone. Maybe try a class that you've always wanted to do. Um, you know, do what you can to increase your social network. Join a meetup group. You know, take, um, enroll, enroll in some higher education, something you've always wanted to learn. That's, um, that's something that was really important to me. And at first, it was almost a distraction, I feel like, 
Like I really dived into dance and all these things that I was doing, going out with my friends, doing this, doing that, and dive, dive, really diving into things and keeping myself 100% occupied so I never had time to think about it, you know, about anything really. And now I'm, I'm finally at that place where if I don't go out on a Friday or Saturday night and I, you know, just sit and listen to music, I'm okay with it. And I, I think it's because I gave myself that time to you know, have those experiences, be 100% into everything, but then also taking a step back and realizing that that also was kind of like a drug in a way. Um, mm -hmm. it, wasn't, it wasn't allowing me to really sit back and learn about myself. So like having the quiet time and having the noise is, a, it's a good combination, you know, it's a good combination. Yeah. 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 Because what I'm hearing from you is balance. Yes. Balance. Was what you found. Balance is what you found. I definitely wouldn't recommend, which is why the first step was to yes. give yourself that time to grieve and heal. But I do think trying new things, and I know for you, it's, you know, dance is something that is very empowering for you. Right. So that's where I'm going with this, where I want people to find some activities or something that is very empowering to them that maybe is something they never even thought they could do. Right. Like, wow, I'm not a dancer. I'm 40. How, you know, how could I ever dance? Well, take a class and see how it goes. You might not end up, you know, on a stage somewhere, but if you're dancing and it makes you feel empowered and sexy and strong, that's lovely. Right. YOLO, right? <laughs> you only live once. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, a few more tips I have. Great. Basically, part of this is from positive psychology. And one of the tips I have is just really think positively about your chances of finding love again. You know, we people have talked about the law of attraction, and I know a lot of people know what that means. Um, but really, when you're feeling optimistic about the idea of love, that comes through your energy. Right. You attract what you put out. That's true. Yeah, yeah. that's very true. Yeah. It's hard because I think that um, what's hard for a lot of people in this midlife age range, I think is just because we've had so many experiences and I think a lot of people have become so jaded mm -hmm. that it, they almost don't allow themselves to even think about love again and finding love again. And so that's hard too, you know, and we'll, we'll cover this topic as how to deal with people like that. <laughs> how, do, how do you deal with people like that? But for now, I think that, you know, that that's a good point though. It's, 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 um, how do you open yourself up to it? You know, if, if you're super jaded. So, well, yeah, if you're coming into a situation and you're feeling really negative about it, there's a couple things you can do. I mean, journaling is a great way to sort of release some of those emotions right. and, and, and look at them in a way that you can start to be realistic and contradict yourself a little bit. You know, like I speak with clients who will talk in, in all or nothing. It's like, I'll never find love. Every relationship falls apart. And then we actually look at those statements and say like every, like everyone. Right. And then, well, no, not everyone. I actually have some very good friends. Oh, okay. And I've actually had some very good friends for 20 years now. So, you know, kind of 
challenging some cognitive distortions there, not right. allowing yourself to live in that negative space. And another great simple way to do positive thinking is meditation. Starting a meditation practice with even some simple mantras of I am worthy, I am healing, I am deserving. Right. You know, adding those small little moments into your everyday life, you know, can can form habits of thinking optimistically. I think you're right about that. Like mine, mine is I can do this, I can do this. And so I say that to myself anytime that I have a situation where I'm, you know, scared or hesitant to cross the line. And I'm like, I can do this. And and it, it does, it gets me through that hurdle. Um, and taking the next step. So yeah, yeah totally self-talk is very powerful. I mean, we don't talk to anybody else throughout right. the day as often as we talk to ourselves. So self-talk no. is super powerful. And my kids um, will vouch for that. <laughs> I'm absolutely. always talking to myself. <laughs> as nothing wrong with it. I have two <laughs> other key, two other key points. And this is one that I found over and over when I do research on this topic. And oftentimes when people are jaded from a relationship, they talk about having difficulty trusting. How right. do I trust again? I was burned. You know, a, a partner cheated on me. How do I trust again? And here's the thing. You don't ever have to learn to trust another person. What you have to do is learn to trust yourself. Right. That's, That's it. such a good point. And that topic is actually a hot point for me because, you know, to where I'm at, so it's been about four years. So where I'm at now, it's, I've always tried to keep the mentality that no one else is going to define me. So even if I have a heartbreak or something bad happens and I just will not ever let anyone define me and define my hope for love or my hope for anything really, you know, it's just, it's just, um, I, I would never give anybody else that power over me, you know? And so that I've really kept to my heart through this whole process. And it's, it's, it's been a good thing because I've needed it, you know, <laughs> but. No, but, I love that. I yeah. love that because when you say um, I've kept my heart and I don't need anybody else to define me, what right. I'm hearing, you have trust in yourself Yes. That you can self-soothe, that you can validate yourself, um, that you have resiliency to get through whatever comes your way. And trust, trusting your own intuition. Right. And trusting the process, trusting that love is worth it. We can't, we don't know, we can't have definites about everything. So that's why when people say, well, I'm just not sure if I'm ready to trust again. It's not about learning to trust another person. It's learning to trust your ability right. to, take, to take what life throws at you. Right. And, you know, there's a cost benefit. You know, right. Because right I mean, we all know that life is in a bed of roses. You know, I mean, stuff happens. We have highs, we have lows. We go through all these stages in our life. And, and, and for us to let someone else take away any hope or, you know, that sort of thing from us. It's a, it's a hard concept for me to grasp, but I know for a lot of people, mm -hmm. it's, it's a huge issue, especially when you've been, you know, extremely hurt. I get it. I mean, for I get sure. It. Yeah. For sure. And that whole idea of learning to trust yourself is found in a lot of the other steps and tips I already talked about, you know, right. 
you doing you, you learning what your values and needs are. I mean, so this isn't, this isn't an easy process, no. but it definitely is an important process. Well, and for me, it's like, you know, even when things go bad and you get hurt and that sort of thing, it just makes the things that are amazing so much better. You know, you need the, the yin and the yang, you know, you need that in life. Sure. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, and you know, I once paid a therapist very good money uh, to tell me that if I didn't experience the valleys, I would never enjoy the peaks. That's right. And that's such, it's something that we need to carry with us all the time when we're, especially when we're having a rough, difficult time. So, Absolutely. Yeah. I've, I've carried that little nugget with me around for most of my adult life. And I remind myself of it all the time, even now in the quarantine. Right, right. It's such an important thing to remember. Yeah. So. And so my last tip is if you have experienced heartbreak and you want to get back out there, you want to get back into the dating world, you, you know, you're feeling like you want some companionship make a plan, be proactive about it. You know, most likely if you're sitting around in your house, um, Prince Charming or Princess Charming is not gonna just show up at your door. <laughs> so you really need to be proactive. And what I mean by putting yourself out there is let people know that you're ready. You know, let your friends know, let family know, you're ready to be set up. You're ready to get back out there. Um, you know, maybe take a, a stab at online dating, you know, contact a matchmaker, um, whatever it is, is be proactive about it. Just like, just like somebody who's maybe fallen off the fitness wagon would be proactive about getting back on a fitness or, you know, healthy eating regimen. You have to be proactive about your relationships, you know, manifest them, make them happen. Don't just expect them to appear out of thin air. Right, right, right. Take some, take some effort, people. <laughs> For sure. And, you know, it's, it's a group effort. That support system you were using throughout the heartbreak, use them now. Right, right. Yeah, That's use that point. community. Mm -hmm. right. Good, good points. Yeah. So the other thing that I wanted to talk to you about today was the next generation of our kids. So I, I recently had one, someone near and dear to me who's 19 years old go through a really rough breakup and devastated in the whole nine yards. And it's, it's what can we, because our kids feed off of everything that we do and they see what we do and they react to what we do and, and their lives are affected by what we do. So what can we teach our kids in, in, in this, on this topic, how to go through heartbreak and how do we help them through heartbreak um, so that they're not jaded and um, still want to experience love. You know, it's tough because there's that, there's that line of how much do I want to share with my, my children? How much are my children, my friends in confidence and how much um, do I need to shelter them? And I would say, you know, depending on their age and emotional intelligence level, I think the more vulnerability we have, the better. Um, I, I think the best answer to your question is to be a relationship role model. You know, what, what would you have needed in that situation in order to get through it? You know, looking back when I was 19 and if I was experiencing a heartache, it really soothed me to know that somebody else went through it, that right. somebody else went through it, got out the other side and was still living, breathing, and maybe even laughing. Right. <laughs> yeah, right? 
because when you're in it, it feels so heavy and so dark and like things will, I'll never love again. I'll never love anybody. Like I loved, you know, my ex, that was the most perfect relationship. That was my, I mean, I would say, you know, get rid of this idea of soulmates, you know, again, (laughs) with the 7.6 billion people in the world, I'm pretty certain there's more than one person out there. That's a good fit for you. So I think the best thing we can do with young people is be relationship role models where we express our thoughts and our feelings openly and honestly. Like I think it's more than okay to show children uh, that we're hurting. Right. That maybe we're having some struggles or conflicts and sometimes they see that those can be worked through. Right, right. I think, you know, for us, our parents, never did that. I mean, they kind of, they kind of kept everything closed and didn't talk about relationships and heartache. And we, we saw it obviously, you know, sure. we saw what they were going through, but we don't, they didn't necessarily talk about it. So I think, I think you're right. I think it's really good for us to be open with our heartache and how we got through it and that sort of thing with our kids too. You know, and again, depending on the level of the child, we don't even have to get into specifics of the conflict or the relationship. But what I think is most important with children is explaining how you feel. You know, I'm feeling, I'm feeling really sad right now. And if you don't have to explain, I'm feeling really sad right now because my, you know, ex cheated on me. We don't have to take it that far. We could just say, I'm feeling really sad right now. And, um, you know, I just need a little time. You know, I mean, those are the types of things is being open instead of just shutting kids out. Right. Because right. what they're going to learn is it's not okay to express the emotions when they're feeling sad about relationships. Right, right. I totally agree. So I think that's it for today. So thank you for joining me, Michelle, on this topic. And I hope that if you are looking for love out there, that this helped you on your journey. So we'll see you next time on Midlife Single. Have a great day. Thanks, Brenda.